ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Relationships Rule Show. I'm Janice Porter, and my special guest today is Andy Biting. And Andy comes to us from the east coast of Canada, what we call the Maritimes, New Brunswick. Welcome to the show, Andy. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Um, my pleasure. I want to just tell my, my uh, audience just a tiny bit about you, and then we'll get into the details as we go forward. You are a two-time international best-selling author, a serial entrepreneur, and a strategic advisor. I love the serial entrepreneur piece um, because I am so curious about people who are natural entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. um, secondly, he's a leader in business development and marketing and has helped businesses grow all over North America with his integrated S marketing success or smarketing. I'm not sure. Smart marketing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Marketing Very strategy. Good. And so um, we'll get into that in a minute, because first I want to ask you those, my podcast is audio for now, although I do record the video and Andy is in front of me in a fantastic yellow tulip um, jacket and uh, sport coat and um, yellow tinted sunglasses. And mm -hmm. I, I saw on one of the talks that he did the quote, become the yellow flower in the sea of red. And I want to start there because I know it's all about branding and marketing and, and being um, unique. And this definitely speaks to that. So do tell us yeah. about being the yellow flower in the sea of red. So that's a funny story. You know, I've, I've spoken on many stages and when we talk about business development and what, uh, you know, what we do at Tulip Media Group, you know, one of the things that I always used to, the way I describe it is we help you become the yellow tulip in the sea of red. And it, you know, it, and, and when I would do that, I would have a, a, you know, a slide just showing that image. Yes. And of course, you know, I was doing a talk, I was invited to do a talk in San Antonio and I went down and I said, okay, I talked to my team. I said, okay, here, we don't have, I have 10 minutes on stage. It's a quick introduction between speakers and I do not have any slides, no capability for visual enhancements. So how do I get that message across? And if there are Canadians in the audience, they would recognize Don Cherry as they, yes. as a, quite yes. a, a Canadian legend. And he just for for the Americans that listening in he the world is a, of hockey. In the, oh, sorry, you're going to say in the world of hockey. Yeah. He's a personality, a real, real personality in the world of hockey. And his, one of his claims to fame is that he wears a different, very outrageous jacket every time he's on TV. So one of the guys in the office said, well, you need a Don Cherry jacket. And then we thought, well, why don't we do it with the tulip imagery? And we took the exact tulip imagery that we used at our marketing. And we had, we found a company that would print the fabric yeah. with the exact image that we sent. That was done overnighted. Two days later, it was at a seamstress and we had a custom jacket built 
in five days on time for my stage in San Antonio. And it was a, it was a hit. So I've been wearing the jacket ever since. Although I must say, I've seen a red one on you now too. So it's. Yeah. So it started as the, actually it started as the yellow tulip in the sea of red. And then we switched it from to the red tulip in the sea of yellow because our logo has a red tulip on it. So that's why there's one red tulip on my left chest and what is otherwise a sea of yellow tulips on my jacket. So cool. And um, I think there's probably another hidden meaning in there because I think you started your father's, you, you started working in your father's business, which was home and garden or garden shop. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah. Actually, I grew up on a farm and we were into greenhouses and carrot farming and all kinds of different things. And we, uh, I, yeah, from the, as an early teenager upwards, I, I worked at my father's garden center. And so there's a great, and both my parents are Dutch immigrants after the war. And there's a, there's a huge connection you know, to Dutch heritage, which is also recognized by the tulips. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that part. That's really cool. Now that just made me think of, have you ever been out here to the Bradner Tulip Festival? I have not, but I've heard lots about it. I have not made it there. No, Yeah, I haven't been to it either, but I do know a girl I went to school with. I think it's her family that's out there with, and it's supposedly amazing, but anyway, I digress. Um, So let's dig in because um, first of all, I know you, your um, your second book. I think you had one called uh, "Was it?" I see it behind you. Catholic. How to win clients and influence people. Was that the first book though? There, that was. Uh, so I, I wrote a, a book about retailing years ago, but that was the second book. Um, the one you're seeing behind me here is the Ultimate Culture. That was actually written by a couple of other people at uh, Tulip Media Group. And then the latest one is double sales, zero right. sales people. Right. But I wanted to start with the um, how to win clients and influence people yep. first, because um, because I'm all about um, retention and um, um, you know going the extra mile and how to win those clients over to make them yours. And so I wanted to know a little bit about, and I know you're the content king, right? You're all about... Mm-hmm. Um, using content in a specific way and in different, um, well, you have a three pillar content marketing strategy, which I'd love you to share and, um, and how that fits into winning clients and influencing people in a positive way, because, you know, we get, we're inundated these days. We are. That's yeah. Right. Talk to me about that. How do you stand out besides sure. the work? Sure. So, you know, I, am a big believer in there, there was a concept that I learned years ago and Vern Harnish, a mentor and a teacher of mine, he said, you need to own the ink in your industry, whatever your clients are reading, have it come from you or whatever they're learning, have it come from you. And at the time, you know, it really resonated with me and in our home and garden business after that comment and talking to him about it, we had been doing newsletters for years, but we did actually a customized magazine, a print magazine. This was back in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, content has evolved a lot and not, I shouldn't say content has, but the deli- delivery mechanisms have evolved a lot. And a lot of it has gone online. So the three pillars that you're referring to, you know, I believe that if you want to become, if you want to influence others, you need to be viewed as a thought leader, as you know, a leading authority in your industry, in your marketplace. And in order to do that, the best way to do it is, is to be known, you know, 
for what you know. My dad wrote, read a quote one time and he said, the secret to success is know what you're doing, know you know what you're doing and be known for what you know. I thought that was something that always stuck with me. Yeah. Be known for what you know. I love that. Yeah. Be known for what you know. So putting out content is a great way of doing that. And, you know, when we started, it was all print content, printed newsletters, magazines, that type of thing. As the online evolved, it became digital content where we're now leveraging, you know, keyword strategy. So we're writing content about topics that are of interest to your end readers, you know, your audience, because it's researched what they're searching for, uh, writing content that's going to really speak to them and also help to attract people to your website online. And we, you know, so when we create content, we think of it, how do we leverage this both online and in print format? So the three pillars of content marketing is that I write about is your digital content, so your digital marketing strategy, your print content, uh, because print will give you the longevity and really the credibility that digital can't deliver. And finally, the interactive marketing. And most people forget about that part because they work hard to have really good messaging for their digital marketing, for their print marketing, and then they fail to train their salespeople or they fail to train their, their teams about the marketing messaging that's being used. And there's an inconsistency in the messaging that's being used. Uh, you know, so it, it really takes away from the credibility and the effectiveness of the whole program. So Is what it, if, yeah. if I could just stop you there for a second, what yep. if, you know, you're um, an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, maybe even at yep. this point, and you're cranking out content on your um maybe on LinkedIn or maybe on Facebook and uh, maybe a newsletter that you send out. And by the way, with the newsletter thing, I always have this question mark, how many are really getting opened and, and does it matter if they don't get open? And then, um, and then you maybe miss that third piece of um, being out there in public or uh, guest speaking or running a mastermind or whatever, where you're interacting with people to, um, to accelerate what it is, you know, and you want to be known for, is yeah. that, is that also a piece of, uh, if it's not a team that you have, then that's what that could look like or not look like. Exactly. And yeah, you're exactly right. And the messaging needs to be consistent and you need to you need to build a strategy, you know, and it's different for every, every person, every company, but you do want to think through, okay, what are, what is the messaging I'm going to put out online? Mm -hmm. I want that similar messaging, branding, look and feel, and the words, you know, the literally the messaging that are, that's being used to be put out in print. And then when somebody talks to somebody at our, at your organization, you want them to be speaking the same language that that prospect just read about or heard or watch the video online about, because if you can, if you can imagine, you know, somebody, a marketing department works hard on their digital and print to make that congruent, but then they walk into your showroom and they talk to a car salesman, let's say you run a yeah. dealership and the car salesman is saying something that's different than what they just read about online from the same company, your company just eliminated all credibility you might've had mm -hmm. and it really hurts you. So there really is three pillars Mm -hmm. And the messaging needs to be effective and consistent throughout all three pillars. 
Yeah, it sounds it's easier said than done from what it I, is. <laughs> yeah, from what it sounds like. Um, so um the print marketing, which I think do you through Tulip Media, do you um produce the print like um the magazine for people? Yeah. And actually that's how we started as a company. We started doing print, you know, custom printed magazines uh-huh. for client partners all over North America. And where we, we take care of everything, a project, a dedicated production manager looks after your project. We'll help you devise the plan. We'll write, work with ghost writers to write your content for you. So it can be your ideas and information but it comes from an interview or recording that you do and our writers will actually write it for you. Um, So we'll create the content, coordinate the graphics, design the whole thing, do all the proofreading, editing, all of that. Client partner also gets to obviously edit, edit their production. Then we'll take care of all the print production and the distribution logistics through us post or Canada post if it's in Canada. And we'll take care of all of that to really make it as simple and as easy as possible for you to put out your own custom printed newsletter or quarterly magazine. Okay. And um, yeah, I know that I don't receive those kinds of magazines very, very often, but I know people who actually do what you do. One woman in particular, she's a podcaster and she's a, a trainer in the health and wellness industry. And Mm -hmm. she created her own magazine where she highlights the people that she's working with. I'm sure they pay a fair bit of money to be in the magazine, you know, because it's advertising for them. It looks like it's, it's not, but it is, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, come out and, um, you know, a hundred people in this book being highlighted, but each one's paid a thousand dollars to be in the book, you know, like it's kind of, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Cause I know that's not what you do. No, it's not necessarily what we do, but um, you know, I know a lot of people will do that. And we do, we do have client partners that will do some form of that, meaning um, you know, we'll help them with tools and so on to be able to sell advertising space inside their magazine. Cause quite often, you know, I go back to when we, so the whole idea for the company came from our retail business, retail home garden business, where we put out our own magazine and we always, we sold, you know, tons, we sold tens of thousands or hundred thousand, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of Scott's fertilizer every year. And sure enough, Scott's would sponsor the magazine by buying the outside back cover. Yeah. That makes, that makes sense. Yeah. Or Crocs, you know, the shoes, we sell a lot of those and those types of companies would help sponsor the magazine to help us sell more of their products, which a lot of our client partners do that. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't necessarily do what you're, what you're describing, but you know, the, the whole idea behind it is that, and, and by the way, we're huge fans. Now, biggest part of our business is in the digital marketing. We're, mm-hmm. we're huge fans of using digital marketing to bring clients in, but then engage with them in print. Once mm-hmm. they're in cl- a client of yours or customer of yours and they're spending you know, depending on the company, they're spending a thousand dollars, maybe more a year to send them four magazines to keep them engaged Mm -hmm. and to give them something tangible of value. It really sets you apart from other competitors in your space, right? Totally. And and I like to say the most uncluttered inbox that you have is your mailbox. And you actually stand out now. We're in the eighties and nineties. 
You were one of a million flyers that you would get on a weekly basis. And they'd go right from the mailbox to the yeah. ramp, you know, thing, the, the, the trash really. Um, yeah. But you're, you're speaking to the converted because I'm in the same business in a different way. Right. I'm, I'm all about sending real cards and gifts. Yeah. And gifts right. And, um, and so I think that in today's market, that makes us stand out from the crowd. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's, let's move into your current book, yeah. um, Double Sales, Zero Salespeople, because that, I love the title. I know yeah. that you co-wrote it with somebody. Um, yeah. And I think it's about, because t- I haven't got my copy yet. I'm waiting for it. And I'm so excited. It's about taking leads from marketing to sales. And they're two different things. And some people don't think that, but they are. So talk to me about it. Talk to me about the, the, um, the process. So uh, how it came about is we did in the opening chapter of the book, we call it our great pivot of 2019. So inspired by a good friend in Denver who did something similar, we actually made a very big decision at the time within the company. At the time, we were growing rapidly, and we, but we had a sales team of about seven people, a sales manager and, 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 and sales team, and it wasn't working. We, weren't, we, we kept missing our sales quotas, and I wanted to just transform the business. I wanted to blow up what was good in the pursuit of something great. So in one afternoon, with a lot of stress going into it, talked it over with my partners a great deal, we went in and we actually let the entire sales team go inside the company. And it was a tough, tough, tough decision, but it was the right one. And we converted to what then I called it our automated sales process. I want to create an automated sales process. But essentially what we did is it turned out to be what we now call smarketing. And that's the integration of sales and marketing into one business development strategy that produces results. And essentially what we do now for client partners and for ourselves is the best way to describe it is the process we take is we look at your entire business development strategy from the moment you spend a dime or a minute, you know, researching or prospecting a new lead till you, the day you sign contract and look at that whole process and build it out and visualize it like an assembly line. You know, last century, turn, turn of the last century, Henry Ford didn't invent the automobile, but he invented the the assembly line that democratized and made automobiles much more efficient to produce, much more cost-effective so that they could democratize it for the masses. And if you look at your sales process, and I'll give you, I always use our example, uh, not to give away anything uh, secret about client partners, but in our example, we have an eight-stage process, starting with researching leads to lead generation to, you know, hopefully we get those leads and we end up having an introductory call to a demo, to a strategy call, uh, a finishing call, and then actually closing the sale. That's our eight steps. And if you look at that as eight stages or eight stations in the assembly line, then how do you optimize each of those eight stages? And le- then like Henry Ford's assembly line, maybe some of them you can you know, he replaced with ro- uh, robots, did a lot of the work over time. So maybe there's some stages where you can automate. So in our case of our eight stages, the first three, if not four stages are actually totally automated through digital marketing. So that is, we no longer research for leads. We no longer do any lead yet. 
Our, as a company, we do zero lead gen, you know, but with people. Uh, often, most often, we don't even do an introductory call because we leverage videos to to teach people about what we do. The moment we get involved with a live person is when they've raised their hand. They've either uh, called our office, they filled out a contact form looking for more information about what we have to offer, or they booked a meeting in our calendars or booked a demo in our calendars. At which point, then we even segregate it and say, okay, who's the best person? Who's the best door opener? And you know that person is the one that builds a rapport. Then who are the best strategists? Get them involved in the demo. Then who's the best closer? Bring them in later in the, in the sales process. So when you build out your assembly line, you want to optimize each station with the right people. And in our case, we actually, I not all industries, I don't recommend this for everybody, but for us, I truly believe that the right people to sell our services are the people that are actually delivering it. The people that are passionate about marketing, the people that love talking about strategy. It's not necessarily salespeople. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, So again, I have to go back to the person that um, is doing it all. Yeah. And that's, you know, can they do it all? Or because you're saying double your sales, zero salespeople, right? Double sales, zero salespeople. So can they do it all? Can they wear all those hats or do they need to bring people in? So I would suggest that if it is a a single person in a company, they'll they'll have to wear many hats themselves. However, anyone can automate a big portion of their assembly line, of their business development assembly line. Anyone can, and that's where the way we we go about it is there's three components, but we always start with the website. What is, how is your website? Is it set up to optimize conversions? Meaning, you know, the way I look at it is I always tell people, I don't care how many people visit our website. I really don't care about traffic. I don't, we, I know our marketing people monitor that because it's one of the levers to pull, but I don't monitor it. I don't care about how many Facebook likes we have or people follow us on LinkedIn. What I care about is how many times does our phone ring? How many times do people fill out contact forms looking for information? And how many times do they actually book meetings in our calendars? And anybody can do that. Mm -hmm. And it starts with optimizing your website. Is your website set up? Because, you know, a lot of digital marketers will say, I'll get more more, more traffic to your website. Well, that's great. You could have hundred thousand people visiting your website every month, but if nobody converts, yeah, such a waste of time and money. Yes. We start there and then we bring people into the website by a combination of content marketing, which Mm -hmm. we already talked about and Mm -hmm. really understanding your keyword strategy so that Google can understand what it is that's on your website. So they can get the right people on your website and also leveraging that keyword strategy to do a really good pay, uh, uh, paid advertising campaign. And those two in combination, going to your website and then converting them will bring you a lot of new leads that you would not have otherwise had. And even a single person entrepreneur can, can automate that first, the first few steps in their sales process. So what would you say then you said, you know, it's a, it starts with the website and it needs to be yeah. a website that would, that will convert. So do you mean by that, that it has to have a very compelling sales page on there? 
So we use, uh, we actually use them. We call it, we call them landing pages. Yeah. Okay. So, and sometimes it's the home screen. Sometimes it's not, it all depends on the strategy, but it's a, it's a page on your website where we are going to bring everybody onto from the paid advertising. And even a lot of the SEO, we try to get them onto that landing page. Yeah. And the landing page is set up because most people, you know, they don't spend a lot of time designing their website for conversions. Mm -hmm. And what I mean for conversions is that somebody took the the right core customer, the person Mm -hmm. you're trying to target, took the action you want them to take. Right. So they took the first step of the sales process without you ever having talked to them. Right. And that's really powerful when you can get it to that point. Because you've got a lot of places where it says book a meeting, book a meeting, that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So the process that we follow is actually, uh, and I'll give credit where credit is due, is uh, Don Miller out of Nashville has a process called story branding. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar and, with that. Yeah. And he has Marketing Made Simple and How to Build a Story Brand are two books that he built that he wrote around this process. Well, we learned about it. We did it ourselves. We liked it so much. It was just a few months later, we became Story Brand certified as, a, as an agency. And we're one of only two yeah. agencies in all of Canada that are officially Story Brand certified. You must know my friend, John Morrison. Uh, uh, Jessica probably does. I, I, I don't live in that world, but she does. So my co-author in the book, she does. Yeah, she probably does know him. She's very involved in the community. He is there. The, he's here in Vancouver area. Yeah. He's on my podcast, actually, and he is certified here. Okay, so there's a number of certified guides. Yes. Um, and we have a few in the company, but there's only two agencies. Now, he may have the agency yeah. that is certain because the other agency is yeah. in the West Coast right. in Vancouver. Yeah, I think it is. Him. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. So it is a good process and it works well. And there is a there's a yeah, it's a little bit art, but it's it's it is a scientific way of, you know, we go through a process called you know, building the brand script. And it's a scientific way of writing the content in a way that meets the customer where they're at in their head at the time that they come across your messaging and engages with them, brings them through a little bit of a journey and leads them to a clear call to action. Because if you don't tell you, if your website is like most where there's lots of information Mm -hmm. and lots of places that people can go, what you're going to do is you're, you're just given free advice, which is great in of itself, but you're not getting them to take action. You've right. got to be very clear where you want them to go and lead them there. And yeah. that's what a good website will do. Yeah. So, you know, you know that I do LinkedIn training and, and right. so when I look at people's LinkedIn profiles, sometimes I shudder and sometimes I, I learn from them as well. It takes, you know, yeah. both sides. I'm sure you must find that when you go to people's websites and you're like, oh my goodness, they need my help. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, I took all your advice on my LinkedIn site and I, oh. and I implemented them all. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. That's great. Um, so, um, yeah, so there's so many little nuggets here around, um, you know, wanting to go back and look at my website and see because I just redid it, but I didn't know what I was doing in the same way that you know you have the focus um, that that um, uh, that happened, you know, that is needed. Um, one of the things, uh, two more things I want to ask you about. One is client retention because that's my thing, and I mm-hmm. I think it's important to um, follow up stay connected and build the the past clients into 
referral partners in a way, right? Mm-hmm. As well as re maybe um, maybe uh, uh, re- renewed business with them, if if that makes sense. So, what's your take on that? What's your advice on that? How to make it work? I think it's critically important when we even look at our own business. A third of our new business comes from referrals. You know, it, it there's and there's no pay per click cost right. with that. There's no conferences or trade oh. shows. You know, it is so important. So, um, yeah, I, I, I believe I was advising actually a good friend of mine, uh, not long ago, a couple months ago. And, and I said, you know, I gotta be honest with you, you know, we could help you fill your funnel, but you don't have a funnel problem. Like you're closing lots of business. You get a leaky bucket problem. You need to stop them from leaving. And honestly, I, you know, I can help you. I give you some advice or we can go back and forth if you want a sounding board, but I don't think Tula Media can help you fill the top of your funnel. You're good at that. You're just losing them off the bottom. That's why you're not growing. So the f- number one way to grow your business is stop the leaky bucket. Mm-hmm. Keep what you have. So with that, you're right. So two things. One is, is, is constant follow-up, you know, being in touch, whether it's an email newsletter, we do love print uh, as a way of value add. So we send out quarterly magazines ourselves, uh, print magazines. But so, you know, staying in touch in whatever way, shape or form that works for you and your business, Mm -hmm. you know, value added, uh, staying in touch. Don't just stay in touch for the sake of staying in touch, make it value added, make sure there's some value for them. Mm -hmm. But secondly, I really adopt a good friend of mine wrote a book a few years ago, John Rulin. He's from uh, St. Louis and he wrote a book called Giftology. And I love the book. It is an awesome book. And we've adopted, we even have a giftology budget in our profit and loss. And if we don't spend it, we look at it as a failure each quarter. Mm. And we look for in 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 our weekly meetings, we literally, you know, one of the line items is anyone that we should recognize or any, is there any, because if there's somebody new that we're working with at a client, we got to lavish them with gifts, but is there anybody we should recognize any, any company celebrating an anniversary or a person that we're working with just got a promotion or, you know, we've sent, uh, you know, massive balloons to people's houses when they just had babies, just anything that's a surprise. Yeah. And we track it in our, in our, you know, our dashboard, you know, so we know what the last time we sent them something and what the date was and what it was so that we're not, you know, inundating them by mistake, but we, we find creative ways to do something very personable Mm -hmm. and with that element of surprise for our clients. So that in and of itself has been one of the biggest game changers for us as far as retaining clients, because they love (laughs) Of course, of course. Yeah. 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 We call it uh, the unexpected prompting cards or gifts or whatever, where that you just, you catch them off guard. They, they don't expect you to notice those things. Or maybe, you know, for me, it's like seeing things on Facebook and, and celebrating by sending a photo in a card of that person that was celebrating. So they have a printed memory of it. So they have that keepsake. Yeah. And, I love uh, that. Love yeah. That. And so we're on the same page with that for sure. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Um, lots to uh, digest in what you do. It makes me want you to look at my website and help me with that because I'm like, okay, I need to see what, where the, the holes are for that, you know, um, getting them to, 
to click through to, you know, make an appointment to talk to me. I love that. Um, Okay. My last thing is my favorite thing. It's something I ask most of my guests because it's my, my interest. I'm a very curious person. And so I'd like to ask you my two part curiosity question. Um, One, do you think curiosity is innate or learned? And part two, what are you most curious about these days? So one, I think curiosity is more innate okay. personally. And even when I interview for uh, you know, people coming into the company, I always have some information lying around. And if they don't pick it up and read through it, yeah. like, eh, you know, they're not really that keen to learn more about us. Like it, it's something that I really, really look for. So I think it's more innate. I don't think it's, it, it's learned nece- necessarily. And what it keeps me curious, I am a self-proclaimed learning junkie. I read a <laughs> lot of business books. My wife teased me because she said, you know, reading a novel would probably do you good because I've only read one novel in my entire life, but oh, I probably, I, I would have read over a thousand books easily. Wow. But uh, so I just love business. I love entrepreneurship and I know we share that passion and, you know, just, just loved learning new different points of view on the same topic. And yeah, yeah, I just really, really, I'm curious about that, about, you know, just people and business in general. Yeah. I totally identify with that because I try to read novels too. And I never, unless it really (laughs) grabs me. Yeah. I don't read them anymore. I don't finish them. The last book I read though was a couple of years ago and it's now going to be a movie um, where the, uh, where the crawdads sing or something like that. Okay. It's a very good book, yeah. but it was, it took me a bit to, but when I finally decided to read it because all my friends have read it and yeah. said, you must read it. Um, it. It was good, but no, get me back to, you know, what's going on in, in the business world today. It's, it's just weird. I know, but it's, exciting, <laughs> you know, and I love to watch videos as well. I watched your TED talk that was to some students, which I thought that's uh, right. University of New Brunswick. University of New Brunswick. Yeah. It was a TEDx. Yeah. And um, I've been involved in uh, creating a TEDx up at Capilano University many years ago, and that was quite a process. So I've never wanted to do a TEDx talk myself, but I, I, the process is like horrendous to make it happen. So I always admire people that make it happen. But I love that you were speaking to the university crowd because that's where to get them, right? And, and that, would, that was interesting because it was the same messaging foundation, but it was a different application set up yeah. for business. It's about your, mm-hmm. your personal branding. So yeah. yeah, it was a great experience. But uh, did you get lots of feedback from that? Oh yeah. 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 Lots of, yeah. Quite a bit of feedback. So no, it was a great experience. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, this has been a delight and thank you so much for uh, taking the time to be on the podcast. One last thing I would two. one, I lie. I always lie. Um, (laughs) One last thing is where can people get, get hold of you and I will put it in the show notes. And then one last piece of business advice to my audience. I would love to. Sure. So, but where people can get a hold of me is we have a, a, a specific landing page set up for this and it's tm.media forward slash double sales. So tm.media forward slash double sales. And there people can download a free chapter of the, of the book. You can buy the book from there. Yeah. And also you can book a, a, a free consultation with myself or my co-author, Jess, uh, Jessica Embry. And, um, you know, we welcome people to do that. 
the um, and then the second question was one last thought, was it? Yep. This one yeah. last piece of business advice or something for my audience. So my, the one piece, and I think it, it, the biggest piece of business advice when it comes to growing your business, it actually, every good marketing and sales strategy starts with your business strategy. We all have people ask us all the time, help us business, help us develop a, a, a go-to-market strategy. And we'll say, sure, what's your business strategy? Where do you want to go in your business? You got to know that first. I'm a huge, huge, huge believer. And you've got, you, you need to have a very clear path that you want to walk down. And then you can build the systems and the processes to move you down that path. Well, that goes hand in hand with who's your target audience and be clear and be specific. All right? of that. All yeah. What's your that. business strategy and yeah. then build your marketing strategy from that. Awesome. This was great. Thank you so much. Thank and you. Uh, thank you to my audience. Again, you're the best for being here and do let us know um, what you like best about the interview. Leave us, leave a um, review would be awesome. And don't forget to subscribe. So you hear the next episode, you'll know when the next episode is happening. Thank you, Andy, for being here. And for um, all that business advice. Thank you so much, Janice. This was very enjoyable. It's a good time. You're welcome. And remember, everybody stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.